Turn on the radio. My homie got a new show and it's time to play it though. I hope you got in tune. He talking bigger business. He make a lot of moves. He talking Scott Katoon. I'm saying, wait a minute. Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. You're listening to Technory Live from WGN Radio in beautiful Chicago. This is apparently my last broadcast for a few weeks, so we'll hopefully have a good enough show that you guys will remember me when uh, when I come back from celebrating Northwestern losses with several several beers. But at any rate, uh, we've got an awesome show ahead of us. As I mentioned before, we've got Julie Novak on the back half in studio to talk about, obviously, Party Slate, but we also had a really cool conversation around something that Amy has been talking about for a while with the Kavanaugh and the Me Too and everything else is just sort of like women's role in business and how men unintentionally also obviously intentionally but unintentionally kind of impede that i don't know if julie knows we're going to talk about this so that ought to be interesting but she's a sport usually so uh, i'm sure that will be entertaining the other topic the main topic to start the show here though is the chief product officer of adobe Uh, many of you use adobe products if you don't know what an adobe product is um i i'm just going to assume you don't even have a computer that's sort of where we are with the, the ubiquitousness of of adobe uh, Scott Belsky is uh, going to call in here. He's probably on the on the horn right now, I would assume. Um, and we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Most importantly for this call, uh, his book, which comes out in uh, on October second, called "The Messy Middle." And um, I'm I'm interested to read it. I, he sent it to me. It looks amazing. I didn't get a chance to read it yet, so I'm going to be the fool as he tells me about the book. Uh, but there's just so many things I want to ask him in so little time. So we're going to jump right into it. Scott, are you uh, are you listening? Yes, I'm on. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Great. And first off, thank you for the book, by the way. I 100% intend on getting into the book. I'm excited about it. I love the topic uh, that you're you're distilling. Um, But before we jump into questions and things, why don't you just tell people right off the bat what The Messy Middle is all about? Yeah, The Messy Middle is, uh, is the part that matters that no one likes to talk about nor remember of any big, bold, creative project or venture, uh, writing a book, you know, starting a company. Everyone likes to talk about the romanticism of the start when the idea first strikes. And everyone loves to talk about or write about the headlines of, you know, acquisitions, IPOs, bankruptcies, openings, launches. The vanity this, numbers, this right, Scott? The vanity. Middle. All the vanity numbers yeah. is what we focus on. Exactly. And, but the middle is actually kind of fascinating. You know, it's super volatile, lots of extreme highs followed by lows. And there's something to be mined from this volatility. And so that was my obsession for the last five or so years, talking to other founders and leaders and writers and artists to try to understand some of the, those gems that we can all learn from in the middle. Fascinating stuff. Um, I'm going to have you on. You're good till what, like one uh, 1.30 or so? Sure. All right, great. Because we're going to have to take a break as we kind of laid into this. We're going to take a break, and I'm going to do it right now and come back and, and talk to you about how you've gotten to this position. You are a very, very accomplished founder in your own right. Um, and, and quite honestly, if I looked at your resume and I, I skipped over the, the big Adobe part, it would still be one of the most impressive uh, resumes in general, whether it's as an investor or, or as a, a product builder. Oh, man. So, Try, trying to cut the break, indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about guys like you is you hate talking about yourselves, which makes my, my you know, job impossible, but uh, I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> so we will take a quick break here, and then the Scots will be back here on WGN uh, after this break. Uh, you're listening to Scott Katoon and WGN Technori live at WGN Radio. You can follow me at Katoon on everything social. You can follow Technori and comment and all that good stuff on everything social at Technori. Joining me, Scott Belsky. Uh, Scott, are you still with us? I am with you. Excellent. Sorry about our long commercial break, but I wanted to hold this whole back half here to chat with you. Uh, we were talking about the book, The Messy Middle, which comes out on, I believe, October 2nd. Is that correct? 
That is. Excellent. Um, so you've got a pretty amazing history that you probably don't want to talk about, but it's amazing. Um, and I think it, it's, I, I guess, for those of you who want to know more about the, how it shaped you and how you have shaped sort of your, your career, go by the book. Like, that's the fastest way. Uh, we don't have time to read the whole book on the show, so I'm just going to jump into a couple parts that are, are fascinating. You, the investor, and you, the founder. Uh, on the Technology sure. podcast and on our events and stuff, we have people like you come and speak, which I'd love to someday have you come and speak to the to the founders and, and share the story. Um, but the main thing is, when you start a company, you sort of learn what you don't know as you go along, and, and that messy middle, as you mentioned, is sort of like really the execution part. It's the, the part that makes it actually go. Uh, what did you learn... One as a founder, uh, and am I pronouncing this right? Was it Behance, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, as, so as a founder, what you learned, and then after that, I want to I want to dive in a little bit as having learned that, and now working at a big company uh, prior or post sure. acquisition, what you look for in founders that have made you the investor that you are now. Yeah, great questions. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, Behance is a network, almost like a LinkedIn for the creative world. It's fifteen million creatives around the world showcasing their work, but when uh, when it was just an idea back in 2006, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I brought together a small team of misfits, all of whom had no experience doing what we wanted to do either. And, uh, and then we bootstrapped, meaning we didn't raise venture capital for five years before actually going out and raising real, real capital from real investors. And, uh, and that period obviously nearly killed us, but didn't. And so we, we became stronger as a result. But I think you know, in that period, I learned a lot. I, I learned, first of all, that having this bold idea of what we want to do in the world years from now is enough to quit your job and start something, but it's not enough to keep a team together and engage day by day. In some ways, you have to, uh, I call it short-circuiting your reward system. So there's like other stuff you're, you're working towards that are near-term when you don't have any financial you know, re- uh, returns coming in, no accolades, no customers yet. It's the short-term little things you create that keep you excited and engaged. I mean, one funny story was that we would uh, always type in the word behance into Google, and it would say, do you mean enhance? Do you mean enhance? <laughs> and it was like, damn, like, can we just not be a mistake, you know? Yep. And, uh, and so we did all the work we could to get more people on the network, more link backs for their blogs, like all that stuff. And then lo and behold, one day, one of our engineers comes in and types in behance, and it says behance instead of enhance, which is really exciting. And I kid you not, like six months later, Beyonce became super popular, oh, and we were wow. like back where we started. But it's just one of those little examples of many of ways that we kind of short-circuited the reward system. And, you know, there are tons. There's literally like 50 different insights in the book around keeping your team together and enduring these difficult periods, even as a lone operator, of volatility, you know, before something actually starts to work. That's so funny that you say that. That was the same. That was one. Of, so I always call them beachheads. Like I try to re, re recalibrate my my little scope when I'm traveling and try to figure like this is my new beachhead. It's so funny that you said that because that was one of my beachheads. Was one originally was Katoon. My last name uh, doesn't yeah. make any sense and it's impossible to find. And it's so like my first goal was to get it to where you didn't say kitten like a cat. Uh, <laughs> and so I got to that point somewhere around 2014, and then Technori. You can see how this is a misspelling of everything from technology to tech to whatever. <laughs> and we worked right. so damn hard to get to a point where when you go into Google, you could type in Technori and it just comes up. Uh, and it's funny you said it because that was one of my initial beachheads was to try to get my name and my company it. searchable. Uh, so I appreciate and love that. Um, you mentioned one of the in things. The same in this. Boat. Oh, for sure. So you mentioned one other thing in this that I think is a good uh, quick spin over to the investor side, which is. 
you have a ragtag team of people who are just passionate about a mission. They've got an understanding of what they're trying to accomplish, but they don't have the know-how and the experience, but they're willing to go through the fight. What did you yeah. learn from that that made you be able to identify things like Pinterest and Uber and Sweet, you know, Sweet Green and Cheddar, which is one of my favorites, uh, to invest in it and put money in it? Sure. Well, I think, you know, in, 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 in this volatility, there are a lot of things I learned. You know, first of all, the importance of not um, being motivated by a passion for a solution, but rather the empathy with the customer suffering the problem. Um, it's really important to make sure that a team is not just like, oh, my gosh, this is what we have to build for the world and goes off and does it without really being shoulder to shoulder suffering with the customers they're trying to serve. Another, another thing I really took away is how much more important resourcefulness is than resources. Oh, my God. Um, there's so many great stories, right, of companies raising up fortune but then squandering all of it when, like, little companies or individuals with no money just do remarkable things. And so I like to say that resourcefulness, um, it, whereas resources is like carbs, you can just blow through it. Resourcefulness is like muscle. You know, it just like stays with you and serves you through the ins and the outs of a journey. And so those are just two of many things around, you know, how to hire and build and refine a team and structure, build the culture. Like a lot of these things that I learned myself are things I now apply through the lens of an investor. You know, I literally, uh, and this is a fact, I, I, um, desperation is what I look for in our founders when we pick all these companies, which to date, I don't know what you know of Technorys history, but to date, you know, we've had yeah. about 500 companies pitch on stage. They've raised, you know, through our yep. exposure and ways up to almost a billion dollars in venture capital. And when, when we pick, it's awesome, but it's the founders. Like we, we get a ton of people who want to come on and I'm always trying to figure out, like people ask, like, what do you look for in an application? I'm like, Honestly, there's nothing that I can tangibly point at, but I can I can tell you when I meet someone or I hear a story, the passion behind it and the resourcefulness, the desperation. I literally yep. feel like I do better when I'm desperate. Like when we, I don't, the money thing has nothing to do with it. I don't even pay any attention to it. It's, it's literally, what can I do today that I, with like, I'm impressed when I'm able to accomplish something with nothing. And that that's the yeah, one thing that's common. A hundred percent. And just to play out that super quickly, you know, there's one entrepreneur I interviewed in the book, a guy named Tristan Walker of Walker Brands. And he talks about how um, you know, he grew up in the projects and had like a tough upbringing. And he feels like you know, this trait of overcoming adversity in your upbringing is actually one of those great things that prepares you as an entrepreneur. And I was like probing that. I was like, okay, that sounds good, but why? And he had a great answer. He was like, you know, if you can overcome adversity um, and have the courage to kind of consistently practice the same principles despite what you're going through, then those are the people that have the courage to keep kind of doing the same thing and practicing the same principles in a company, regardless of the volatility you'll face and how like that courage over time translates into a great culture and a company that like really stands for something. And that really struck me too, to your point, like finding people that can stomach the the churn um, is really important. I completely agree. I want to. I wish I could talk to you more. In fact, if we can set up, whether you're in Chicago or just call in again, I'd love to do a podcast where we can like uncommercial and talk for 45 <laughs> minutes about like what what this all There's is. It's, it's such a. It's. Just, I just think it's There's so. A lot in the messy middle. <laughs> oh, well, it's true, and like I, for us, I mean the yeah. the investor side of what we do now. I I tell, try to tell people like if you're obsessed with the big capital raise, like that's not. We're not probably for you, but if you want to learn the operational and the practice and the passion, I got you all day. So uh, I can't wait yep. to dig into this book, and I hope everybody else does. October 2nd, it drops, Messy Middle, Scott Belsky. Where do people go to learn more about the book, more about you and uh, and what you guys do? Oh, thanks for asking. I mean, the Messy Middle on Amazon is the best place to get it or your local bookstore on October 2nd. You can pre-order now, and then I'm, at, I'm just at Scott Belsky on Twitter. I'm easy to find. Excellent. Very cool. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Have a great weekend, and I, uh, like I said, I cannot Thank wait you. to uh, dig into the book. 
Thanks a lot. Take oh, care. Of course. Bye, everyone. Yep. Take care. Uh, so we're going to jump right into the news. I, I hear there's something coming from Washington. I don't know. That's just what a birdie told me. So we're going to jump to the news with Bob Kelso, which is sponsored by Lindemann Chimney and Fireplace. Wait a minute. Wait Turn a minute. on the radio. Turn on the radio. My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though. Play I it hope you right. got in tune. Got he talking bigger business. Big he make business. a lot of moves. Lot Welcome of to the Scott Startup Jones. Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. You're listening to Technori Live from WGN Radio here in beautiful Chicago on a Saturday, my last Saturday for a few weeks so I can go celebrate some Northwestern, I guess, not really wins because they're having a crappy season, but at least fun games and some beverages nonetheless. Joining me uh, for the back half of the show, Julie Novak, founder of Party Slate. Uh, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And I want to mention to the people listening that there's another person also in the studio. I have my daughter, Jordan, here. She's 10 years old and a want-to-be entrepreneur. I'm excited to have her here to see the beautiful new studio and to see how this all works. Jordan, do you want to say hi real quick? (laughs) She shook her head no for you out there. You guys have not earned the trust yet, so maybe at the end of the show. (laughs) At any rate, uh, Julie, so I want to jump right into what party slate is yes. uh this is a live show so we have a lot of commercials so we have to like be very diligent with our time okay um just 30 40 minute answer. yeah just a quick yeah. four hour okay. quick yeah. you know synopsis uh what is party slate for the layman sure uh party slate is a place if you're planning a wedding a fundraiser a corporate event you can come find new ideas similar to pinterest but the biggest difference is it's curated and only photos posted by leading event professionals and venues from across the country so have you ever been on pinterest and you find something oh i love that you click through and there's a dead end yeah that doesn't happen on party slate every photo is linked back to an event professional profile you can find the photographer the caterer etc so you can find new ideas find amazing beautiful venues and see hundreds and hundreds of photos from that venue and then find your event professional team so i can tell you uh, as a person who just went through a wedding yes um congrats that, thank you by the way um and so like this was good and bad for me because <laughs> i like i have a little bit of a limited budget as an entrepreneur myself there was uh, what we call it. what are they what are they oh yeah, zero capital that's what they call it. Yeah. no money uh and so my wife jen who is listening now um so she texts anyway uh that uh I didn't know what a wedding for, was like supposed to look like. Yeah. And she obviously had an idea what she wanted it to look like. But I think there was like different things that we picked up along the way. And like, where do you start? Yeah, we, right? we really want Party Slate to be the place you start planning your event. And our person after person we've talked to said it's overwhelming planning yeah. these large scale events. Oh my God, yes. It's the most exciting time, whether it's a corporate brand launch or a wedding or bat mitzvah or gala, but it's also very stressful. And so what we're doing is providing content, guidance, new ideas, and more importantly, the people that can help you execute on those ideas just to make it easier. That's really our mission is to make this process of planning what we call an inspired event. Yep. Um, easier. Well, this is like event, the, the event world now. Everybody's yes. in the event. So uh, creating experiences, whether you call them an event or just creating experiences for your brand is sort of the, the exactly. whole mission here. Um, I thought it was interesting because there's kind of two sides to this. There's the, you know, I've got the funding and I know how to, I know what I'm looking for as yeah. far as like execution. So I'm going to go to the site. I'm going to find a really cool event that I would like to replicate or duplicate. And I can click right to the person who did that one. And therefore they can do my event. Yes. Um, and then there's also the side, like I think for us, which is I don't want to compare you, and I know you don't like these kind of things, like a comparison to like a house or something like that, where I'm not buying mm-hmm. the stuff from them necessarily, mm-hmm. but I'm building the mental picture of what I yes. visually want to create. We really are a site that helps you concept. We, yeah. don't, we don't ever encourage that you see a photo and you say, I want to do that exact event. Yep. 
we want every event to be special, memorable, and unique. And of course, there's some themes and some you yeah. know, can carry over. But what we're hoping is we become this giant inspiration engine, and it's the place you go to get inspired. And then when you are ready, you might not be ready right away to find that caterer, to find that special venue. You'll think of Party Slate, or you might be ready right now. Yep. And you know how we make money. My venture capitalists often ask, ask me that. They do is, like to know that. How do we make money? Is it's pretty simple. We're attracting people that are planning these larger scale events that have big budgets. You know, so let's say the, you know, Twitter holiday party for yep. five hundred people. It's a big Anything wedding but at the, the Four Snapchat Seasons. party because that got a little bit uh, out of uh, out of touch. We won't go there. Yeah, we won't go there. But, Basically, you know, we are attracting these people that we call them party hosts yep. of all kinds, not just weddings. And these event professionals and venues want their kind of unfair share of that audience. And yep. there are kind of additional brand exposure and, and t- to be honest, leads. Um, they pay for an elevated pres- presence on the site. So it's an annual subscription, you know, anywhere from two to $5,000 a year. It's less than the cost of a single ad in a luxury magazine or a people and magazine. 500 times the impact. And it's a whole year. Yeah. And we can measure every click, every impression, every photo that was saved, every lead that comes through. So it's accountable. And that's really hard to do with print. And so what we're trying to do is, after me being in the digital marketing space for 20 years, I used to lead Razorfish, agency.com. We're trying to help these small businesses, a lot of them women-run businesses, diverse industry, to be better digital marketers. And we're just making it super easy. They have hundreds of, sometimes thousands of photos. Within 15 minutes, they can upload these photos and create a free profile. And if we want more exposure, they can become a premium member. Very cool. I, I love it. And I can tell you, I can safely report back that our wedding was a hodgepodge of about like seven or eight things that we saw on the yeah. site. So uh, I can tell you, I can vouch that it's a it's a cool, inspiring way to to do things that you don't know how to do, yes. which is cool. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to kind of come back to this conversation on the other side of this, which is like the, the building a business side yes. and, and learn what it's like uh, building party slate. So Thank you. this is Julie Novak. I'm Scott Gatoon. Jordan Novak is sitting somewhere around here quietly uh, and we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. You're sitting here with Julie Novak and her daughter, Jordan, talking about Party Slate. So you are um, what an investor calls like the perfect storm for an idea of a company because you've actually been the CEO of a real company before and you founded stuff before and you've been in this kind of position. Usually, you know, the most successful investors get to a point where like short of a brilliant idea that they're willing to take a gamble on, they're looking for repeat founders. Um, I actually didn't found another company. I led a different company, but yeah. I wasn't the founder. I was yeah. an early employee of Razorfish and early employee of agency.com. Yep. But this is my first startup. This is your first startup, but I but I think leading a company from the very early, early stages and then also you leading it a later. It's like, <laughs> that's all the pain points that like most investors are trying to weed out as quickly as possible because that's where it all capsizes. I've grown a team of 300, 300 people at Razorfish. I've been through recessions. I've been through every kind of challenge you can imagine. And so I bring a lot of that to the table. And my co-founder, John Haro, and I worked together on and off for 15 years. And he brings a similar level of experience in the tech and product side. So, so. I, I want to ask you about that. So like, here's a good kind of pivot off of this is the number of people needed to run a razor, right? Like that is going to be, you just said, 300 people plus. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel that like human capital intensive that Party Slate would be as much as that? Or, or I mean, obviously you want to keep growing and scaling, but do you see it being something that you need that many people or well, is it? We're nah. looking at our analog company, which is House. So yep. House, um, I should get a commission from them because I'm a brand advocate. You know, I, I built a house out in the suburbs, you know, six years ago. I used House, H-O-U-Z-Z, yep. the home decor site, on and off for two years. 
and they have raised over I'm not saying we're going to do that but over 3 400 million dollars and have a team of 1500 people yep. they are the leading global platform for home decor inspiration and then they added on e-commerce so you can buy that couch and buy that lamp yep. we don't envision that business model for party slate we do envision second and third revenue streams that could potentially come from brands so champagne companies car companies that do a lot of events that could actually want that exposure with our target audience on Party Slate, but we're really staying focused right now on our single revenue stream, which is getting the premium subscriptions from our uh, event professionals and venues. This is why I have a podcast, because I would go into like a 45-minute conversation with you on this. This is so interesting to me, because you go back, you mentioned Howes and the timeline. Yes. I don't think that there are a lot of companies out there, anything can happen, but like I don't think that there's a lot of companies out there now that could do what House did and be in the e-commerce space. Yes. I feel like at this point we've gotten to a to a position where the the audience and the consumers are savvy enough even if it's unintentional mm-hmm. that if you try to monetize and I say this from a radio station with a million ads so like take mm-hmm. that for what it's worth mm-hmm. um, to try to monetize directly from the content is just it's so damaging to like the growth trajectory. It's mm-hmm. so hard to know like when do I have enough of a base to like ask for money? Yes. And and so the brilliant part of this is for those that are operators that understand the nuance and know how to do this is to find revenue streams that are supported by content, but that are not the content. Yes. And that's the thing that you have done so far and continue to do and seems to be part of the roadmap that I just absolutely love about this. Thank you. That is exactly our strategy. We want to be the largest you know, content marketing engine for the events industry in the world. And that's on the event professional side. And that's how we will monetize and how we are monetizing today. But the bigger mission is someone like you, your wife, planning a big event. I'm planning a gala for cancer research. Just help these people make it a little easier and make it more enjoyable and have everything in one place. You can have the ideas. You can have the professional team. And down the road, our vision is to help you collaborate with your professional team and your your co-hosts or whoever you're planning the party with. We just want there to be one place you can go that's very simple and beautiful and inspired that makes your job a little easier. Well, I can tell you uh, the disjointedness of the wedding search experience was brutal. Yeah. Um, and, and, and corporate, there's nowhere to go. So weddings, there, you know, there's the knot, there's wedding wire. Those are more um, kind of all things wedding. So it's yeah. hairstyles and it's dresses and it's jewelry. We want to be kind of the vogue of event design. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful events, helping you with ideas, helping you get the right professionals. We don't envision going to do wedding websites and wedding registry. That's not yeah. our strategy. And when you're planning a big corporate party and when you're planning a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah or a gala, there's a place you can go to find new ideas. Right now, there's only really Pinterest, and it's so frustrating. Again, I use Pinterest when I do a do-it-yourself party. I didn't even know Pinterest was still a thing. And, you know, Pinterest is huge, so yeah, don't no, get me wrong. When I did, for Jordan and Ella, we did a rainbow sleepover party for 12 girls. I used Pinterest. You know, I went to Party City. I got the rainbow things and whatever. I got ideas from it. That's not what Party Slate's about. And we appreciate that Pinterest and Etsy and there's all these kind of crafty places for do-it-yourself. We're about the larger scale event where professionals are involved. And, you know, we're supporting these amazing businesses. And we want to make sure their work is being seen by the right people. I want to take this, like, actually a step further because what I see, and I, and I when I when I talk to people like you, I try to put on, like, a, a couple hats. Yeah. So I've got the hat of, like, oh, would this be cool content and interesting to my audience? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would this be something that I think would be a startup that I could I could I could feature and that they would be helped by the exposure. Yes. And then there's sort of the investor hat where I'm like, 
what is she doing? Yes. And when I looked at Party Slate, this is like the first time when you were on Tech Story, but even before that, when you when I had heard about Party Slate, coming from the media world, the very first thing, this is the truth, the very first thing that I thought of was, this is what magazine was supposed to do when when print was dying and it was to go digital. I agree. This was what the magazine, this like newspaper died and is dead for those of you out there because they didn't do this. This you're is what fir- modern magazine. You're the magazine. first person that has, has said it in that way. And I 100% agree. And I will tell you, and I'm not going to name any names, but there's a lot of name names, name wedding names. magazines yeah. and others that are watching what we're doing very oh, closely. Sure. Um, they're figuring out, you know, could we do something like this? Oh, I don't know if we could get the digital talent. Could I attract that? You know, we're a print company. Can I build this? And so, you know, we think, you know, one day would one of those big conglomerates buy parties like no, And so that's I'll, not my goal. I'll, be, I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Is My goal is to build, similar to House, a scalable, profitable business that helps people plan these parties and help helps event professionals become better digital marketers. But I do agree with you, you know, the time has shifted and you even see on TV now there's the the ads are shifting to kind of like content ads. Yeah. If you watch the they reality shows. Not that I watch yeah. all those reality shows, but you have the talent actually doing the ads yep. because people are skipping ads. So I totally agree. And I, let me tell you something you probably already know. Uh, those out there trying to copy you unless they are new and well funded are going to have a very difficult time because at least I'm just the front end of this, mm-hmm. uh, because like all other media companies, whether you came from print or your radio or your TV, the way that they make their money and, and they're like the days away from insolvency. If they turned off their main revenue streams is like 90 le- or less. Mm-hmm. So for them to be able to go, let's stop making money by running an ad every five minutes, or let's stop making money by selling some sort of print thing or through an event or whatever they would literally go bankrupt unless they were well-funded to be able to convert everything over to making money exactly off content, right. not on it. And so you see Meredith Publishing buying all recipes. Yep. You see um, Condé Nast making digital purchases. You see the ad agencies making digital acquisitions. I think it is incredibly hard. You see Hearst Media buying PartySlate.com. <laughs> <laughs> the, do you know anyone there? No. I do actually, but but we'll we'll wait on yeah, that I mean, one. Really, really, the next three or four years, in all seriousness, is about building this platform. Really, we're in six. We're in. We have uh, event professionals in every state and fifteen countries, but not a concentration. Yep. We do city launches because we don't want you to come to our Chicago section and there's five venues. So yep. we have a fifteen hundred event professionals on the Chicago, you know, directory. We want people in all major U.S. cities to be able to have a good experience and find relevant local content. So after we hit the U.S., you know, we always joke about Party Slate Paris, but we're excited for Europe. We have contacts yeah. all over the world that we've met at these event professional conferences, and they know how to party. Those event oh, professionals, um, they love Party Slate. They want to help us launch in their communities, and we're trying to be as tempered as we can so that we don't overexpand and provide a bad experience for. You know, people here in the U.S. So no, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, so I guess the the last questions we get before we do our little cross talk here with Dane is um, before, well, and also I have to ask Jordan a question before uh, we go to the next one. But I, I'd love to know, like, what is the most important thing for you guys to get to the next step? Well, I think you know, really having focus and and staying true to the vision. And I, I will tell you, it's challenging when you're fundraising and you're on the road and you're not in the office and, you know, keeping things focused. So staying focused on this vision for simplifying the process. And then I will also say, you know, we got to raise funds, you know, so we just closed our third round of funding, which is exciting. And we need that to fuel our growth until we're a profitable company. Very cool. Uh, and of course, we can't end the show without talking to Jordan, who's sitting here. Jordan, would you like to 
care to tell us what your plans are, or will you be the next entrepreneur in the Novak clan? Um, I don't know. <laughs> but when I grow up, I want to be interior design. You want to be an interior designer. That's She amazing. loves design, and she designs logos, and she does Google Slides on her sense of style and what she likes. And so I really see an entrepreneur in the making, and I'm really proud to be a role model for her. Is, uh, is, okay, so I guess the last uh, place we should ask you is where do we go for uh, to learn more about uh, Party Slate? Yeah, you can go to PartySlate.com party and then slate so come with a blank slate and fill up your slate with ideas and also and let's party. professionals and let's party. let's party and then i have to give a little plug for our instagram feed which is over the top amazing we just hit thirty thousand followers so please follow us on instagram instagram for updates and exciting beautiful events very cool i'm going to kick over things here and chat with dane real quick on the crosstalk and uh thank you very much julie uh, thank for, you for having for me i'm us. a big fan of the show thank you and i'm a fan of that. you i appreciate that even more than the show uh you can follow obviously them at everything party slate and you can follow everything technory at technory and follow me at katoon if you're so inclined uh joining us now dane neal he's going to be kicking things off for uh for his round of shows what's going on dane see how you did that you know it's kind of sports you know football kicking off you're just using right the i use vernacular. every point i have i have i literally throw everything i have at the wall every time well i'm also a member of the scott uh, cartoon fan club right here and uh and i'm also a fan of these new headphones uh, people can't are they see not it. baller how come you're not wearing them because no one you're, this is clipped to the wall i can't even pull oh, uh, i can't unplug it yeah right this people, is like a like a grocery store you can't leave right, right. You, uh, guests don't get to take these home as a souvenir but um we're gonna have a, a really fun show and a collective kind of blend of shows we're gonna have some racing daryl waltrip is going to be on uh with us coming on uh, talking about uh richmond you know daryl waltrip dw of course of course uh, nascar hall of famer then we're going to take our road trip to milwaukee have you been to milwaukee i went to marquette i've been to Mil- i've been oh in all gosh. the places okay. in milwaukee I you don't want just, to go i should have just had you on so oftentimes we'll go on a family road trip and we'll kind of extol some of the exciting things to do the accoutrements from a community standpoint of these places and and uh, i spent a good portion of my formative years in, in wisconsin and when it comes to milwaukee there's certain things you think of but i don't have everything so we're gonna do a road trip and we're gonna have uh kristen on from uh, visit milwaukee she'll be talking about and then china lights is up there uh which is i know you hey you're looking like you have it you got a whole month to warm up to it because it's a it's a big exhibition up at the botanical gardens it's going to be some exciting stuff we're going to talk cochon uh grand cochon is coming up also chicago gourmet i'll be emceeing that judging cochon emceeing the other thing and then i got a chance to be on, on diners drive-ins and dives last night i'm nice. sure you were probably getting a chance to watch that so i was we'll, glued to it yeah <laughs> thank you for noticing and we'll uh we'll talk about all that stuff very cool well have a great show all right, so now let's see what we got here is the where's our news? Oh, and here we are, the odd hours. Here are the sounds of Matt of the Top Five at Five from the Rocon Show with Anna Devlance this weekday afternoon at seven twenty. WGN Chicago Smart Speaker users just say play WGN radio on tune in. The news is sponsored by American Weathermakers. Here's Bob Kessler.